This is not the sound of a stream running through the mountains. It's water from a leaking pipe trickling down a stairway. That's not a frog splashing into a lake. It's a piece of sheetrock falling into a puddle on a kitchen floor. And that's not a hiker taking a deep breath of mountain air. It's a homeowner gasping at the sight of a $12,000 water damage repair bill. 40% of homeowners have experienced water damage. Protect your home with the Moen Smart Water Monitor and Shutoff. Moen. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Rob Beckett. Rob Beckett. And Josh Whittakin. Josh Whittakin. There you oh. go. That is George, who turned five in lockdown, and Arthur, who is two and a half. Oh, very nice. I think I think they did it better than the, their mum. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't deliver it with as much passion as I was hoping. No, but but, but I didn't know whether that was. Sometimes when I talk to my kids, I talk to them like they talk. Do yeah, you do that. Yeah, and then you feel like, why am I staying that? That's I how I speak. I speak too loudly to my daughter. Like, I up my loudness. What's, what, why am I doing that? Did you do that? I suppose like I'm kind of talking to a foreign person if I'm buying a coffee abroad. You know, that kind of <laughs> terrible Brit abroad. Well, Lou always tells me I'm too loud. Yeah. Bit, but she, I think she's too quiet. She's like middle class whispered quiet. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't want to put anyone out. You, you just, yeah, um, it's just that my um, foot's on fire. Could someone? Uh... <laughs> How are you, Rob? Good. Uh, yeah, I'm good. You know, not too bad. Uh, the kids are behaving. Um, they, I'm quite excited about autumn. I I like autumn. It's the best. I'm going to say it. It's the best season. Oh, I like or, or spring. I think spring. I like the yeah the two transitional ones. I enjoy them the best. Summer's too hot. Winter's too cold. The anticipation of autumn, like knowing Christmas is coming, getting a coat out the loft, getting a coat out the bloody loft. The leaves, the first hot chocolate, the first mulled wine. <laughs> this sounds like an Anna Partridge promo. Premier League season <laughs> has started. I absolutely love it. I know. I know this ain't the podcast for it. Fucking hell, I love sport. I, I love it. <laughs> love it. There's football on all day, every day. I don't want people to go back into the stadiums. I want to watch five games a day and just sit there and just get fat and be a big mess on the sofa like in Wally. That's all I want. I'm not going to lie. I've hardly seen any of it, but I've... I've Why are you watching it? What, where are your children, Rob? They get so tired in the week from school. I just let them just. We just stay indoors at the weekend. Oh right, yeah. Well, I was at yeah, I was at a, a kind of farm, and then on Sunday, I I listened to the Man City game uh, while I cooked dinner. 
Really? Well, the way yeah. I get all my boxing and combat sports in is I offer Sunday morning to get up with the kids and I'll get up at like six and then say to Lou, I think I've said this before, you stay in bed, but then I can get all the boxing done early and just let them play in the other room. That's the advantage of two. Yeah. My daughter, I'd say she's she's not the best independent play. No, they're not. They get bored. That's why it's quite handy having the other one. I did a test uh, the other morning, see how long she could just do stuff without calling for me when we were in the kitchen. I was just drinking a cup of tea. 15 seconds. <laughs> That's how long I lasted. <laughs> I was trying to read an interview. <laughs> trying to read an interview with Gary Lineker in the uh, in the paper. And over two hours, I failed to read the interview with Gary Lineker. <laughs> I just, I can't believe, the. I, I think, because I, I text this you, to you so we could talk about it. I can't believe what people without kids do at weekends. Oh, mate. But did you see, it was Joel Dobbitt's post. Him and his wife, Hannah, a lovely couple. We love, Joel's a lovely, friend of ours. Lovely people, yeah. He went on a, not, not a coffee making class, right? Oh, yeah. It That's was, lovely. It, it, yeah. They went on a Saturday morning to this place where they teach you how to do patterns on top of the coffee. So it's not coffee making, it's just how to move is that, the... what, is that all that was? Drawing a fucking, you know, <laughs> yeah. muscly arm or whatever it is Joel wants to draw on top of a coffee. Yeah, exactly. So it was just showing them how to draw a, like, whether what if you want a picture or a smiley face or whatever on the top of a coffee. But this is what, this is the time people have on their hands, Rob. Yeah. I just don't have a moment... When I'm not, I, I worked every evening and day last week, yeah. and by Friday I was a fucking mess. <laughs> I, so I'm in a text group with my dad and my brother where we'll talk about Plymouth Argyle and other football. It turns out, although it's really only for Plymouth Argyle, but my dad really does watch too much Premier League football for the group. And you just like my dad was watching. What? You, what even was the game? Like Spurs v Newcastle. Do you know how? How unlikely it is. I have to look at the fixture list and think in two weeks is a fixture I want to watch. And I have to do two weeks of social manoeuvres to get myself in the position. <laughs> I've just found out what it was. It was a, a latte art course. I mean, come on, I've mate. Got, I don't think I've looked and appreciated what is on the top of a coffee. I've, no, of course From not. it being ready and me drinking it, there's not enough time for me to look at the top of it. But also, do you know why Joel is drinking his coffee? He's drinking his coffee for pleasure and he doesn't need it because he's had 11 hours sleep. Oh. You're making a coffee and you're having to mainline it because you've got up at 6am <laughs> to watch boxing while your two children <laughs> sit in the other room. Trying to convince myself that I'm the lucky one. Yeah, yeah, trying to oh, tell yourself that no one's ever a love life. shit is my life? Thanks, actually, Josh, thanks for bringing that up. How awful is my life that I think I've won this weekend by getting up at half five, six have a coffee and watch boxing in the dark. Do you know what I do as well, Rob? I got up at 5.50 on Friday because we're doing it because she's potty training at the moment. Well, she's kind of potty trained, but she's going through it, right? And that really messes up the sleep. So her sleep's gone to shit. And they've told us at nursery that that will mess up the sleep for a couple of weeks. And it has. Why is it messing messing up the sleep, the potty training? I think it's because they are um, concentrating on not doing a wee at night and stuff like that. But you've got nappy on in the evening, have they not? Yeah, I know. But apparently it's it's a very regular thing. They're not as relaxed, blah, blah, blah. So I was up at 5.50 and I was sat there watching the fucking clangers, trying (laughs) trying to get my phone... At an angle where my body was masking it enough where I could look at it without feeling guilt. <laughs> and I was just, try- just trying to convince myself that actually it's great. 
that she's got up this early because we'd get a lot of one-on-one time that we wouldn't get otherwise. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? Well, yeah, it's not one-on-one time. It's a three-way with the clangers. It's a three-way with the clangers, which is a, you know, it's a very specialist website if you've ever been <laughs> on it. So we went to a farm this weekend, Rob. Yep. So first thing, walk in. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Walk in. <laughs> first sign. You think, oh, look what's in this. First, I'll just read it to you. Sad news. It starts. Sad news. Oh, no. It's with great sadness that we've had Einstein put to sleep. <laughs> he was an old otter that developed a few health problems. Then there's a photo of Einstein. Otters are territorial, so introducing another otter to keep Darwin company is not an easy thing. It would have to be female, and then they may not get on. Darwin is currently happy and showing no signs of depression. We will monitor his behaviour over how, the coming weeks. How do you know if an otter's depressed? It keeps keeps ordering dominoes. <laughs> He's listening to Bon Iver for the tenth time that yeah. day. He's just got Radiohead on loop in his little cave, whatever they sleep in. That was the that was the opening oh, the a... opening thing I saw. Also, as well, who is going to this farm that regularly to be like, where's the other otter? Well, exactly. I mean, surely exactly. just just move over it, and then if anyone asks, because really, if you're that bothered, you'll ask. Yeah. You don't need to get new people to know that Where someone... You, I wouldn't, at my house, have a sign on the front. As anyone comes in with sad news, the man that used to live here died. <laughs> We've got, you've got to move on at some point, haven't you? Yeah, you can't do that. It's, it's, it's too bleak a news to start off with. Just wait for yeah. someone to ask. Just put in two different otters that are friends, <laughs> that look like the original otters, and you're fine. Anyway... It was a bleak start to the farm. Have you ever fed a cow? I've never fed a cow, Rob. Have you, you know, I'm presuming you have, otherwise this is a real conversational uh, cul-de-sac. Their tongues are mental. Oh, yeah, they do have a big, a big old tongue, don't they? You can look... Oh, mate, the kids love a cow's tongue. It's so funny. They just You can put like the food on like a fence post. They just lick it off. They put their tongue out really far. You can throw a bit of carrot in their mouth. It's a great laugh. <laughs> in their mouth. Yeah, so this one, we go to this, this farm in Bromley, yeah. when Down it is, Down in Kent, uh, called Christmas Tree Farm. You can just like, launch a bit of carrot in its mouth. It loves it. I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll send you a picture of a cow's tongue and then we'll stick it on Instagram. And I t- if kids love it, mate. But was it all right apart from that then, no cow tongue? It was fine. Yeah, you know, it's a farm at the end of the day. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Are you all right, John? How, you've been working too much. Oh, no, no, at the end of the day, a farm's just a farm, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not a zoo. I know it's not a zoo. I'm just saying though, you sit you seem you said you worked every day and night last week. You feel you seem a little bit stressed. So tired. <laughs> so what's your sleeping pattern like at the moment then? If you're working day and night? Well, when I work in the evenings, I um oh that is a that's a big tongue you've just sent me, Rob. <laughs> it's a big tongue, isn't it? That's a big old tongue, isn't it? <laughs> Their mouths are mental, cows. Yeah. It's great fun. Did you just Google the words cow's tongue? Um, I've got a couple of bookmarks. <laughs> I love to I, deli- I love to deliver into the news of how much fun a cow's tongue is. I've sent you another one. It always looks like an alien. Oh wow, that, that I don't like that one. That's creepy. <laughs> I'll put them both on the Instagram group so you can have a look. If you haven't listened to the episode, it's gonna be a strange turn of events on the Instagram. <laughs> um Yeah, so that's it. No, I'm just yeah. so you're just burnt out, are you, Josh? Just completely burned out. Oh Josh, it's gonna be alright, mate. Yeah, it'll be fine. We will do your emails on Friday. If you've got any, this is how to get in touch. 
email us hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk or tweet us at lockdownparents or Instagram lockdown underscore parenting. And you can also send us stuff P.O. Box 76748 London E99DW. All right, Josh, who we got this week? Uh, well, that is a difficult question. It's either Ben Bailey-Smith or Doc Brown. We should explain yeah. that his kind of stage name and his name uh, when he was a rapper was Doc Brown, but he also goes by his actual name, which is Ben Bailey-Smith. Yes, yeah, so he, he, was a, he was a rapper for Mark Ronson as Doc Brown, did comedy as Doc Brown, but now he writes and acts as Ben Bailey-Smith. So uh, throughout, we, it's not that we're getting his name wrong, it's just that we're switching between the two because we're unprofessional. Oh, we, we panicked. You went, Doc, I went, Ben. Yeah. Anyway, it's a great interview if you can get past that. Hello, Doc Brown, a.k.a. Ben Bailey-Smith. How's it going? Very well. Very yeah, well. Yeah. How are you guys? It's been a minute. Yeah. It's, it's, it's lovely to talk to you uh, in, a, in a formal setting as opposed to when we're setting up our mics. Rob's yeah. very excited because uh, he was a big fan of Dez. Oh, yeah. That Dez show was great. You was in Dez, weren't you, as a copper? I was, yeah. I mean, it was a bittersweet experience watching it because they cut so many of my scenes that by the time you actually met me, it was like, oh, right. There seemed to be a lot of familiarity around this dude, but he's just yeah, appeared. Yeah, because I thought that. Because um, first of all, I saw you carrying, like, because you, you're carrying, like, a bin liner of, like, yeah. body parts. And I'm like, I swear it's, it's Doc Brown, it's Ben, isn't it? Like that. And I thought, oh, it's a weird, like, <laughs> like Ben's an amazing actor. He'd be like, do more than that. And then you was in it properly nope. later on. But it, yeah. when you, he was chatting to you later on, it did feel like you were like best mates. And I was like, it's the first time the, mo- the bloke with the bag spoken. Exactly. But, um, so as you can imagine, for, for mums, that's a terrible thing, right? Because my mum was like, oh, I thought you, you know, I thought it just seemed like you were an extra, you know? Is that your... Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> you know how mums are? They don't they never get they never yeah. get it. They're just like, oh, so it was like a little sort of walk-on thing. You're like, no, it fucking wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was actual part. I don't know, but they just cut it back, right? So like I said, it's bittersweet because I also think it's the best thing I've ever been on. So Well, I would dispute that, Doc, because <laughs> I want to talk to you about reading the story on CBeebies. Oh, no, that, there's a story behind that as well. I've story not seen it. Story. Oh, like yeah. Like that, Josh. Because the thing is, like, obviously, this is a parent in pod. It's interesting now because, you know, my peers, my comic peers, such as you two boys, you know, you're starting to have kids now, you know, which is exactly yeah. the same as in my friend group. All my friends are having kids now, whereas yeah. I was a young dad. I, so I remember, you remember when we when started we first out, met, you had kids. I already had kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's your kids set up um, Ben, what's what, and how old was you when you had kids? Like for the for the listeners, uh, I was twenty six. So if you can imagine having kids at twenty six, I mean that's you know in the old days that wouldn't have been old, right? Like in our parents' era, but in our era, that's kind of young. Because I was thirty, and that was still quite young. Yeah, that's still quite young. I, I, it was a complete head fuck, man. I, I was like not ready at all. But then at the same time, you're never ready, are you? So you just sort of find a way. I think the tricky thing for me was that. You know, I was a youth worker. My first daughter was born. I had no, I mean, when I, I when I, when I was little, I wanted to be in show business. But but you know, by the time I become a young man, I just thought it just it's not it's like a dream. Do you know what I mean it's a pipe dream? Now I've got a kid. You just got to be sensible, do your job. So the first couple of years of my uh, eldest, who's you know she's fifteen this year. I mean, crazy. Um, wow. Yeah. So the first couple of years of her, I was just like, I've got two girls. But the first two years of her, I was just doing youth work, you know, and 
then I'd started working with this comedian and helping out and stuff. And I, I wound up in comedy and I was doing stand up when the second one was born. So I had a baby and a toddler when I would have met you guys, you know, like uh, yeah. talking to 2008, 2009. And in 2010, I had a baby and a toddler. So it was intense. And you know how it is when you're starting out, I lived out of suitcase. I was just not, a, yeah. I was not about. And it was, yeah. I have to say, it was really, really, really difficult. It was. Because when, when you start on the open mic circuit, you literally gig five nights a week and you're driving to the middle of nowhere for no money. So the thought of trying to do that with tiny kids at home, I mean, I just don't know how you did it. It was, it was a struggle for me as like a single bloke. Ruff, I was in all the competitions, doing the open mics. And then the rest of the time, I was just driving funnier comics around, like Carl Donnelly. I used to drive <laughs> Carl Donnelly everywhere. Because I had a car. Do you know what I mean? I had a car. You get like the bookers like off the curb or or like uh, uh, Christian Knowles, people like that. They'd be in touch and feel, oh, like it's happening, it's happening. They'd be like, yeah, can you drive? <laughs> can you drive Carl <laughs> Donnelly to Stafford and back? Because there's a middle spot with your name on it, baby. You're going to be huge. <laughs> and were you driving him in a car that had a child seat in the back? Yeah, definitely. It would have been my old, it would at them times, it would have been my. VW Golf, and then 2010, I started to get a bit gassed because 2000. I don't you. I don't know if you guys remember, but like, without blowing my own trumpet, like there was just a year where I just suddenly just got bookings up the ass. Like I was, I had money, and I bought um an Audi A4, and that was just like with the a black one with the leather interior, black leather, uh, cream leather, yeah. cream leather interior, and cream I just leather. felt like an absolute boss. <laughs> in my council flat with the Audi A4. It's a classic, it's a classic mum's car, isn't it? The old Audi A4 dog. That's what you got. That's what you got. What are you on about? <laughs> that was a beast. 2.0. I used to hide the baby seat, so I still look like a G. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's go back to this uh, CBB story. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So obviously you have kids and your focus changes, right? You mm. know, when you used to look at Google images of of like fit actresses or like an actor that you rated or a comedian or whatever, and you'd always see that Google image result of of them at the premiere of some kids movie with their kids. Yeah. And yeah. you think, oh, actually, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Like one day, like, but you can't imagine you doing it. And then when you have kids, you you start thinking about, you stop thinking about adult content all the time. You realize everything mm. you do is has an adult content and you think, well, it'd be quite cool to have something that my kids could enjoy. So, yeah. um, you know, the, obviously they were little, they'd watch the CBB's bedtime stories. And I thought, I know people at CBBC. 
I don't know anyone at CBeebies, but it can't be that much of a leap. I, I must be able to stick my nose <laughs> in there. <laughs> I started making calls and I got in touch with the commissioner at CBeebies and she was like, join the fucking queue, mate. Judy Dench is waiting to do this. I, like, I, I thought they'd just snap my hand off. Yeah, I thought they'd just be like, oh my God, yeah, brilliant. Let's let, get in there, do, do something for the kids. So I actually waited years to get on the CBBs. And by the yeah, by the time I got on it, my kids were too old to care. They didn't watch CBBs anymore. <laughs> so it was kind of it was kind of fruitless. But the the other story to it was that I thought they shot it in London, but they shot it in Manchester. I think C Children's TV had moved up there. And yeah, you know, Manchester for me was always like if I'm going to Manchester, because I've got two of my best friends live up there, like it's always a reunion, you get on it. You know, you know those guys that you know where it's like if you meet <laughs> yeah. them, you're getting yeah. on it. So I meet up with my friends Sai and Matt, and obviously we get on it, but I ended up having an all-nighter and I, I hadn't looked at the call sheet. So I was just thinking, <laughs> oh, it'll be afternoon or whatever. You know, when your phone rings in the hotel, not your mobile. The hotel room oh, phone. Oh. You know there's a problem if your hotel phone ring, oh, uh, right. <laughs> rings. And uh, it was like the third time. And the reception was like, there's, oh. there's a driver waiting here for you downstairs. You've got to come down. It was like frantic. I was like, oh, my God. I was fully clothed, just passed out on my bed. <laughs> and I just got up fully clothed and just went downstairs, got in the car, and within like, because it was the Holiday Inn at Media City. So it was like two minutes away. So within yeah. within five minutes, I was sat in a room with um, Kerry and this other dude, Alex, who were like the people that babysat my kids while I was doing comedy in those early <laughs> So I was just tripping out. I hadn't slept with the CBeebies guys. <laughs> oh, and they're just... They're just caking makeup on my face. I like smelling salts, trying to make my eyes look you less must have stank as well, mate. Oh, mate, I was, I was just, I was just so not how I oh. planned to, you know, prepare for. Uh, my my voice was Did going. They know? Did they know you'd been out? I think I probably told oh. someone. Probably told the makeup assistant or something. But <laughs> oh, mate, I was a mess, and I was just really annoyed. But then, you know. People would hit me up online and say, oh, my kids love this telling or they love that telling of the book. So I think I got away the with The most emotional they've ever seen because you were crying throughout, weren't you? Just, <laughs> no no one's ever seen awful. someone deliver it looking so yeah. despairing. I felt awful. Eating the I... kebab was a bit much. But, um, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch that now, knowing. Yeah, knowing, knowing behind the curtain. And yeah. you've also done a children's picture book as well. That you're really ticking the boxes to get to, you know, win over your children with the uh, with your output. Yeah, and what I've learned is, and what you will learn is that um, you're the king now. But that just lessens; they eat away at it every day until you get to the point now where both my kids are so embarrassed of everything that I do. Unless I'm like, like every now and again, they'll go, "Do you know so and so?" So at the moment, the only claim to fame I have, which you guys will have in the future, is that I know Dominic Holland. Do you know what I mean? From oh, the circuit. Right. Yeah. Because Dom's son oh, is, is Spider-Man. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's one of the only things, really, that my kids are like, oh my God, you know, you, you, you're you one away from Spider-Man. I'm like, actually, I remember Spider-Man from, I think maybe it was Bestival or, you know, one of those festival gigs where you see the older comics with their kids, you know? I was like, yeah, yeah. I remember him. I remember him side of the stage. And they're like, what? That's like the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... I'm doing movies, TV shows. I've worked with some of the greatest comics, in, or the greatest comics in the UK, and they're just like, don't give a shit, mate. Don't give a shit. Yeah, you know, Spider-Man's dad. Yeah. 
Um, and what's it like with them now? Because they're te- teenagers. Is, is it just they just want to avoid your all cost type of vibe? Yeah, and it's extra difficult because bizarrely, I am quite popular with like it's my older daughter's age group, like with sort of 14, 15, 16 year olds. They just love loads of stuff that I've done or they grew up on my children's show that I did for CBBC. So it's always been quite problematic going to her school because kids get weird when, I, when, when I'm around. So it's another reason that she doesn't she doesn't like me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So when you was doing the school drop-off, you, you was doing the kids' TV show? It was Bedlam. When she was in year seven, it was it was actually Bedlam. There was one day. She went it's to a school. It's night. The older, yeah, it was, man. The older one, she went to... Um, a secondary school that none of her friends from primary school went to. Right. So I, as you get, you get anxious as a dad. Right. So I would be like trying to find out, is anybody, is there anybody I know who's got a kid that age and might be going to the same school. I can introduce them and whatnot. And I did a show with these DJs, these female, two female DJs. And I was just chatting about, Oh, my kids going to secondary school this, this, this September. I'm really like praying about it. And they said, what school? And I told them, they were like, Oh, I've got a friend. Her daughter's going to that school. And I was like, what hooked me up? So I did that like parent date thing where you you go yeah. and meet a parent and we went to get pizza with the, the girls, with her girl and my girl, and they hit it off. So it really took a lot of anxiety away. But then on her, I don't, it wasn't her first day, but in that first week, I meant, I went to meet her. This is three years ago. I went to meet her outside. It would be nice to, to meet her. And I was, I bumped into that parent. So I'm chatting to this woman. Blah, blah, blah. And as I'm chatting, there's kids freaking out around me and then it becomes like it goes from a trickle to like 10 kids to 15 to like 30 then to like 50 and people are demanding photos and they want me to like rap into the phone and all this business and this woman's just standing there watching and then as it died down she was like is there something about you I don't know because I'd never told her I'd never told her anything of what I did you know so yeah like that's embarrassing i think for a kid that's trying to establish themselves yeah and that's that's been a constant battle and now my little one has started secondary school this month so it's another new school that i have to deal with i just haven't gone i haven't I haven't gone in was it, do you reckon it was more so like because of the kids tv stuff yeah, yeah 100 it's like the kids that. tv stuff and um all the old raps that are online you know like the russell howard shit that's yeah like kids pass that stuff around you don't think they watched the um so you think you're funny 2008 fight <laughs> <laughs> Purist. I check, I check the hits every day. I check the hits. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, weird. Do you, like, with a 15-year-old, uh, so she's back at school now, presumably, but during lockdown and stuff, we is she keeping to herself? Because we spoke to Catherine Ryan and, like, her teenager's basically living her own life and same Kerry Godleyman under the same roof. Yeah, like, Catherine and, and, and Kerry are, are great examples because I've spoken to, over the years, I've spoken to them loads about this because they were two of the only comics that I knew who had kids around my yeah. kids' age, you know? Mm. So we've always talked about stuff like that. And, yeah, lockdown was weird because I think I was probably more worried about her than she was about herself and her own life. Do you know what I mean? I'd always be like, make sure you're talking to your friends online. Do you know what I mean? Make sure you're you're getting in that WhatsApp group and having a chat, keeping keeping connected. She was like, listen, I'm fine. And she was actually absolutely fine. I think it's more, I think lockdown was probably more complicated for, for parents just like, because we're anxious anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just freak out, start yeah. freaking, about, freaking out about everything. 
did you do homeschooling? I didn't really need to because I've got girls. Like my friends who got boys, it's like a fucking nightmare, man. Like try, trying to get them to concentrate <laughs> for like an hour on schoolwork when they're not in school. Whereas girls love a task. They love a task. They love a sit down task, young girls. That's why they're so far ahead of us educationally because they actually, yeah. they're, they're wired differently in the way that, uh, in terms of concentration. There's no, like, yeah. I don't think girls are smarter than boys or boys are smarter than girls. That, all that's totally equal. But the the energy, the difference in that testosterone is is so profound. I think living in a house of like when you say so you had one girl, I and got then, two girls, yeah, yeah, and then you had the second. Were you yeah. were you like, oh great, a house of two girls and me, which is your situation as well, Rob? You got two girls, Rob. Yeah, I've got two girls, yeah. And I, Do you find yourself outnumbered? Um, yeah, mm. yeah. Lou started calling it the fanny club and they all shout, you're not in the fanny club at me, which I think is quite brutal. <laughs> that is. Um, that's that's insane, isn't it? It would be it would be a, it'd be a big decision for you to join the fanny club, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I know. Imagine that. What a, what a tour show that would be. <laughs> um, but um, I find that, because I've got four brothers and we, there was no, and even like, there was loads of boys and cousins of boys. So I actually found it really refreshing to have girls in the house. And, and I, your mum must have been over the moon. Yeah. So she's been desperate to buy a doll from a market for my kid, which she did and has been put in a drawer since. Hopefully she won't <laughs> listen to this. Um, but she, she bought literally, my daughter was like six weeks old. She bought a doll that was like three foot tall. I was like, she's got about eight years until she could play with that. But yeah, so she was desperate for it, and and, and for me, I, was, I just I found it nicer having girls rather than just like it was all all boys. And and, and so, it's weird. Some blokes are a bit like, oh, when you're going for the boy, then I was like, I'm really not bothered. Yeah. But I don't. I'm just I'm, I'm happy with girls totally. I've got no inclinations. Like, oh, I've got to have a boy. Do you know what I mean, if people do, that's fine. But I really don't. No, I, I mean, so I used to. Some men are obsessed by it. Yeah, I used to. When I when I found out that we were going to have another kid, I really I can't lie. I really wanted it to be a boy just to even it up. But it's so funny the way it's worked out in that the 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 younger one, she is like my sort of surrogate son. Do you know what I mean? She she's she's way more of a tomboy. She watches football with me and we're able to talk about stats and, and individual players. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Which is just like that's the dream, the dream yeah. bro. And that's what you want. It's not about the gender. You just want that someone to watch the football dream. with you. Like she was like, we watched, we watched, we watched Palace Everton the other day, and she was like, "Look, if you refresh the BBC football um, table on, on on the website um, mid game, we're joint top of the league with Everton." She's like, "As long as the score stays the same, we're joint top." <laughs> She's like, "I've never seen it in my lifetime." I was like, "Actually, that is quite that's quite a profound moment for a Palace fan." <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so, do they get on Doc? Like, are they because obviously that I always think this is weird. Like when you get. Because when we, I've got one kid, and all you can see in them is kind of how they're an obvious kind of amalgamation. Yeah, of, they're like half you and half your partner. Yeah, and then when the second one comes along, people are always like, "They're such different characters." Are, and I'm yeah. like, "Do they get on, or they?" Yeah, they I think on? it's all kind of biological. So the the second child will be completely, almost seem completely the opposite, and that's not an accident because the second child biologically. It's every animal is focused on survival. So the second child in, in a human family is just like trying to establish who they are, like what their character is. So they just find something that's not like any other member of the family so that they're able to stand out and basically survive and thrive. So they are like chalk and cheese, my two, but th that's kind of why they get on. They really complement each other. Like 
So one gives something, gives the other one something that the, they don't have. Do you know what I mean? So like my yeah. older, my older one's super, super organized and the little one's like totally the opposite. But then being totally the opposite, the little one has got a more of a kind of, what would you call it? Like just a freewheeling, positive outlook on life. Whereas the older one, because she's so organized and so focused on everything being right will get more upset when things don't go right do you know what I mean whereas the little one's more relaxed when things don't go right so they really complement each other because they both need both of those attributes you know what I mean yeah, of course yeah. yeah and that's that's how it works and you'll find the same Josh when you have your second that's that's just how they develop um it's fascinating to watch and what I've learned I guess is I used to always look at the kids just like you do it's like it's half my missus half me then as they get older, you realize, no, no, I've got the equation all wrong. It's a third you misses, a third you, and the third is something, actually, probably actually 20% your misses, 20% you, and then 60% is just this new being. And that's when you really start to build the respect for them. Because yeah. I, I think I think when they're really little, you don't really respect them. <laughs> like, yeah. Mate, I like your ass. Like, I clean, do you know what I mean? I push yeah. you around in a wheeled throne. Like, I don't respect you. I just work for you, you know? Yeah. Doesn't mean I have to respect you. <laughs> and are you a strict parent, Doc? I imagine you've been quite chilled and sort of like calm with it. I can't I, imagine you I like... I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm both. Like, I'm definitely chilled. I definitely try and get in, I engage with them and I don't want to not get what they're talking about, you know? I recognise that there's some things I just have to let go. Like, TikTok's huge. Mm. And I, I, I yeah. so like my approach to TikTok is I just need to make sure it's safe without like yeah. killing their vibe, you know. But it's hard to keep it safe. That algorithm stuff of it, of course. Yeah, the algorithm it's mad, mad with TikTok. And are you on TikTok? Because it seems like no, that'd I'm be a great any... thing for you. You, you know, with the yeah, comedy and, and the you rapping. know what? Like various people in my little team have said the same thing. But like, you know, when you've just got like the social kind, the social media sort of. Uh, uh lethargy like i just i've just got to that point where like i don't even do facebook or twitter anymore i just mm. i just got instagram and that's it and it's mainly because i i find it draining i find it like pressure you know that feeling where you've got a gig tonight and you don't really want to do it but you have to do it that's kind of how i feel about the socials it's like oh, i should post something yeah, humorous like show people that i'm busy you know, but there's a pressure for like, kids to do that. We do that because yeah. it's our job, but they feel like that's all. Oh, I haven't got any likes for a bit. I've got to do something. So a bit, and exactly. I just don't. So, it, I can't. I, I just can't get my head around how much pressure there is on totally school kids to have a good output and content. I can't imagine how bad. Yeah, big time. Can you imagine growing up with it, Josh? Oh, and, awful, and also the thought of reading my tweets. If you'd said, "Here's a list of the tweets you'd have sent between the age of 13 and 18." I'd rather gouge my eyes out than read that kind yeah. of shit. It would well, dude, be, I, mean, I, I know, I know thirty-year-olds now. I've got thirty-year-old friends who periodically delete, like they go back into their accounts and just delete all the shit they were saying when they were like twenty-five. Oh God, Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because they find it cr so cringy. We well, also time moves on, doesn't it? Like what was, what was, can be socially acceptable ten years ago to now, it's mad, isn't it? And and, and out of context can look terrible, totally. and he could like, lose your job. Over like yeah, you can lose your somewhere. job. People lose their job over Twitter. I think that was part of the reason I just quit it a few years back. I remember like there was one tweet, and I think it's probably the last thing that really made me laugh on Twitter before I left, where it said like they, people were speculating about how they were going to defeat Thanos in Endgame, and someone just tweeted like the Avengers going to defeat Thanos by going back to his tweets from 2013. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
And I thought, that's it, man. That's the world we're in now. Yeah. I'm out. And, like, I'm out. Because be taken down. Yeah, I'm going to be get drunk and say something dumb. And I just, not, I just can't do it. Because you know, we know how we are in our soul, especially as comedians. We're not, we're not mean people. We're just trying to find things that will make people gasp and laugh at this in, in equal measure, you know? Because, like, the element of surprise... It's such a huge part of just yeah. great laughs. You yeah. Know? Do you look at the social media of your daughters? Yeah. And 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 I, I stay on top of, I mean, obviously I follow them, <laughs> but like I, I stay on top of like just what their status is. So like we have an agreement, like you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram, you, it's private, right? That's, that's rule number one. You have a private account. And I have... You know, I've got my public Instagram account, but I have a private one as well, which is just for my friends. So I can post boring stuff about my kids and I don't post my kids on my public account because mm. I just don't want to. Uh, yeah, I just don't, you know how it is. I, I don't want to yeah, throw them I'm under the, the do you know I mean, I don't want people yeah. saying, oh, your kid's ugly or oh, your, uh, your kid's mean to my kid or whatever it is. I don't want to have those discussions with people that I don't know. Yeah. So I've yeah. got a private account and. Uh, and that's you discuss how what they're on your private account, right? Yeah. So they don't really post. <laughs> they don't really post. They just sort of they're on there to stalk. You know, they yeah. just look. They follow celebrities. That's what kids do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, and I get good. scared when I see kids that are in their year that are in like posting in their bikinis, public oh, accounts. Yeah. They some of them have got their fucking number. You can just click message and it gives you their uh, phone number. Bloody hell! Oh my god! Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, that is insane. Yeah, that's insane on a public account, and you're fourteen, fifteen year old girl, and in the makeup and in the bikini, you look eighteen, yeah. nineteen, and you've got and your phone filters. number. Are you those filters are mad. The filters, you can look so much oh. older, like, and it's and yeah. it's just it's awful. So that's but, the terrifying side of it. Yeah, but, oh, oh god, I'm at the same already. time, oh, god. As, as like like I say, it's not that terrifying when you consider i've got this far and i'm a relatively irresponsible person <laughs> if you if you if you just keep talking you find that it's fine like my kids always feel that they can come to me and yeah. now like with periods and stuff i mean i'm not great in talking about the details but it's, it's amazing how that we're we are able to talk about that stuff and i think it's because i've just made myself available that's the key you can't be their friend you can't be their bestie that's forget that but you yeah. can be emotionally available. I can't imagine. I've, I haven't got sisters, but I can't imagine my dad, if I had a sister talking to her about her period, like back in the 80s or 90s. <laughs> Could you just like, it just it wouldn't happen, would it? It was just something that wasn't spoken about. It was sort of like a shame. It felt like shame to talk about it. Where I think my dad would happened. have like shoved a pick fork into his foot and made it seem like it was a horrific gardening accident <laughs> just so he could... <laughs> Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and have have you, with the 15-year-old, have you spoken to her about, you know, like um, drinking or relationships or going out and about? Because it's getting to, at the moment, obviously, with lockdown, you can't as much. But she's only yeah. like, you know, a year or two away from going out and socialising. We've talked about like sex. I, I wouldn't say we've talked about drinking. And I think that's because um, oh, me and my missus, I mean, we drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think they look at it and it's just like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> like, have you seen what dad says when he's had like seven of these it's so embarrassing <laughs> so they kind of <laughs> i think they'll kind of like it, it's there it's not like taboo do you know what i mean it's not like you know if you're in a family where drinking is strictly off the limits you know and the parents don't only drink at christmas or whatever it is then maybe the kids are going to be way more like oh drinking you yeah. know drink. yeah but then who knows my parents were drinkers and that like 
the first booze I had was, you know, stuff that I stolen from my parents, you know, or I think it being normalized is really useful. Like, like, and so it's not feeling like your first drink is like some illicit thing that you've had illicit, to get an ID yeah. and yeah. all that. You know, I remember like trying beer and I remember having a hooch and like at home. Hooch, now you're talking. Now I'm talking your language. And it just means it's normalized. I mean, some people might look at the way I have drunk to excess in the last 20 years and say, maybe I am not the right person to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't put you forward to like lead the discussion, Josh, but (laughs) I could chip in at the end. (laughs) And uh, how how have you spoken about the sex thing? How do you broach that subject? Yeah, you know, I thought it would be impossible and really cringy but actually they've really helped you know and also like you find just obviously being online sex is everywhere Mm. it's 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 sort of in or underneath everything that you see online yeah so it's sort of come up in conversation they've made it easier in a way you know they'll be saying like whatever that this this tiktoker or this instagram celebrity or whatever is going out with this person oh she was pregnant they broke up because she cheated with her whatever it is you sort of get into the conversation that way in a way that doesn't feel like judgy on you or us or like we're talking yeah. about sex in in the wild in the wild world basically out yeah. there in the world and that's kind of made it easier and we do talk about it pretty frankly and it's it's I'm glad we did it because I never had that conversation that conversation was never had in my house oh no I'm, I'm panicking even thinking about talking about sex with my mum already make it be cringe <laughs> do you know what i mean it just wasn't something that was done i can't imagine you having that chat with your daughters though rob like that's like you're too matter of fact it's weird because you want to be cool about it but you don't want to be that 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 dad is like hey girls you don't want to be that dad yeah but i guess the, the, it's, just it's bodies. important with daughters yeah it's just bodies oh, it's important with daughters that's one of the worst openings it's just bodies guys <laughs> it's just bodies, just bodies rubbing in a way isn't it isn't that right lou lou you tell them bye <laughs> <laughs> i suppose the the darker side of it is that is the sort of sexual harassment, sexual violence side, right? Because boys, you know, it does happen, but it's much, much rarer, right? Boys, you've got to get them ready to get beaten up or mugged or something like that. Someone's going to try you on the street at some point. This is this is what you should try and do, you know? Just run really fast. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, with, with girls, you've sort of got to explain, okay, look, like there are guys who are looking at you like food right there those guys those guys exist Mm. you know from from all the way up to like sexual predators to just down to like just like horny guys on the street you know yeah yeah. so that's that's a conversation you're kind you kind of have to have yeah it's just the wall you've got a teenager you can't just like throw them to the walls yeah You've got to say, like, yeah, I'll, go out I'll, there. Go, yeah, I'll go to the shops. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> go to the shopping on your own with your mate. Good luck. And 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 again, again, girls are just brilliant because the, the, their emotional intelligence is so high, or so much higher than boys that they they sense they sense like things things around safety. So like they already go to the toilet in like pairs. They they call they text each other when they go when they go out they go Westfield or whatever it is when they text each other make sure the other one's got home. They're already doing that shit. Yeah. I I have never ever sent that text oh, yeah. or made that call <laughs> to a boy or a man in my entire life. I've, I've got in- like if the police came, you ever think like, if the police came round and say Rob um, Josh Widdicombe's been found like face down. 
Hampstead Heath trousers around his ankles. You think he was fine when I left him yeah. in the pub? <laughs> fine. <laughs> what a wanker. What's he done on the way home? Normally he just undoes a zip, not the whole down. I'd rather be thinking this next episode's going to get the best figures yet. This is yeah. going to be an absolute win. <laughs> uh, do you find that, the, that your daughter sort of nag you and tell you off a little bit and sort of almost acts like your parent? Yeah, all the time. All the time. All the time. So before it was when like uh, with smoking, they, oh, they had such a go at me about that. I had to quit. Um, with stuff like um, playing music, playing my music too loud. <laughs> oh, it's mad! Like it, it, there's loads of things smoking, man. Like, were you secretly smoking when when they're telling you to quit? Are you like a teenager having to go for like? Yeah, a gasp I was. Down the yeah, ex- exactly that. And then like you transported back to being a teenager. You're like getting like polos, and the polos aren't strong enough, so you get the extra strong mints. <laughs> like. Get, get into the house, go straight to the bathroom, like splash your face with water or even better, have a shower, you know, yeah. Listerine, the whole nine. And they're still like, where have you been? <laughs> this episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. Do you ever have disagreements with your missus about what, like, you know, if you're being too harsh of them or being too relaxed and stuff like that? Is there anything that's sort of been a sticking point? Uh, yeah, I'd say both ways that, that happens, that happens a lot. I think most of the time, if you can, even if you and your missus are at loggerheads, you've got to try and present a united front. Yeah. Because if one of you appears to be the soft touch or one of you appears to be the cool parent, it, both parents will lose. You're both going to lose. Do you know what I mean? Because it's going to create resentment between you two, or it's going to create imbalance within the family unit. So you've got to sort of back each other yeah. like, all the time. And then behind closed doors, you go, ah, I, d- I disagree with that. You yeah, know? yeah. You can't, you can't do it in front of the kids. Yeah. We thought about like what type of schools to go to, like what they should, should and shouldn't be allowed to do. Like we argue about social media all the time. And I'm like, there's, there's certain things where I feel like, okay, we'll present a United front, but behind closed doors and like, I actually know a bit more about this than you and vice versa, you know, yeah. with other stuff. I'll be like, you know what? I have to like bow down. You know this shit better than me. So we'll go your way on it. But if you have those conversations in front of them, they're like, ah, oh, no one's steering this ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a free ride. You know? <laughs> but it is, it's a scary thought, right? Because you remember when you first clocked that about your parents? Oh my God, they're not superheroes. Yeah. yeah. They're just like lame humans trying their best and failing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what a way to put it. It's spot on. Like all of us. Yeah. Like all of us. And it's it, you really feel it profoundly when you have kids. You, 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 it makes you want to pick up the phone and go, Dad, I'm sorry I was such a dick, man. This is hard. <laughs> yeah. This is hard. 
I get it now. I get it. I get why it wasn't working out for you like perfectly, you know? (laughs) You go to your therapist and you're like, can I take back every one of the last seven years? Because I don't think it was all my parents' fault. I think I'm just a dick. (laughs) Do you feel like, because music's a big thing for you, Doc, obviously. And like, were you, are they into the same music as you? Are you you sharing that with them? Were you like, really, like you must have been really hoping that would be a, kind of bonding thing right definitely and i still do i mean me me and my wife have pushed good music on them from the start and it's had i would say mild to decent success like mild to average yeah because at the end of the day you can't stop kids from listening to pop music like music that is now is for kids do you know what i mean yeah so whatever is now if you're like 15 16 that's your music and everyone older has to sort of try and work out why it's good. But for kids, it just speaks to them. So even though it might seem unlistenable to us, to them, it's like a, it's like it's, it's it's like with like a dog whistle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like there's yeah. a different, it's a different kind of creature can hear it, and we just can't hear it in the same do you way. Find yourself trying to get into it. Yes, and some stuff I do. Some stuff I'm like, whoa, actually, this the production on this is insane. Like the song that they loved a few months back, actually, start of lockdown was the um, say so tune, Doja Cat. And the um, uh, the Dua Lipa tune. Um, if you don't want to see me oh, yeah. dancing with somebody. Yeah. And listening to the, the production on those songs, I was like, it's incredible. Like, we play it loud in the kitchen. We all have a little dance around. But on the whole, I would say we've managed to sort of wheedle in some good stuff here and there. Like they both like the Beatles. Do you know what I mean? They both like... Um, some of the old indie that I used to like. They both like a bit of uh, UK garage from the nineties. You know, we we snuck in like bits and pieces. But you love it when someone uses a sample of something in like a new song. You're like, that's actually an old one. Listen oh, to yeah. it. That's, that's that's like the dad's dream. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to struggle, Josh. They're not going to like Blur. They won't like Blur. But oh, I, no, my kids like Blur. My oh, kids do like they? Blur. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think the Beatles is a big one. Like we got we got early on. She she didn't really realise. Now we listen exclusively to Moana and, um, <laughs> of course, and yeah. Gary Barlow's theme tune for Paddington, the Nickelodeon, <laughs> and uh, and Robbie Williams's uh, Tiger That Came to Tea song. Astonishingly, she's into two solo Take That singles, which is an astonishing. Wow. Um, wow. But um, I, I want to just be playing the Beatles and stuff, so it seeps in. You know, when people hear about that, but the moment I try and put any music on. She tries to put her own on. So I'd prefer complete yeah. silence. That's an ongoing battle. Yeah. That is an ongoing battle. But it will even itself out bit by bit. You, the, the, these songs, some of the best songs will become earworms. So like my younger one, you know, she's just started secondary school, but she bumps the Beach Boys, Queen. Oh, wow. Um, she's so eclectic. She The Goodfellas soundtrack, she loves. Climbing. And, and then like AJ Tracy. I'm like, okay, cool. And is she telling her friends that she likes this stuff, or is that kind of her family kind of certain friends? Certain (laughs) friends. But like, she she quite likes being the black sheep because all her friends listen to pop. Right. There's a couple of friends she'll go listen to this, but the rest of the time she keeps it to herself, and she knows that she's a freak. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) The older one, the older one, just listens to pop, Harry Styles, you know, all that stuff. Do you find like because I quite like the idea of because obviously I don't know yet what my daughter's going to be like. But when we had Lucy Beaumont on and she was like quite pleased that I think she said her daughter was a bit of a weirdo or something like that. I'm quite excited by the idea of having a quite an eccentric child or a daughter that yeah. wants to kind of kick against the mainstream. 
Absolutely. And I think the one thing that both my kids share is they've got that. And I think a part of that, I have to say, I'm not not trying to blow my own trumpet, but a part of it, it has to be down to the fact that my life is not linear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As much as I wasn't around in the early days when I was doing a lot of stand-up, later on, it was the complete opposite. You know, I was around all the time, you know, hanging out. We get to do amazing things. You know, when I went to host the BAFTAs in LA, I got, uh, they they paid for me to take them with me. Do you know what I mean? So they were in Hollywood. Yeah. And I've taken them around the world on tours. We go to Glastonbury every year, thanks to comedy. Do you know what I mean? So they've grown up at Glasto, like they're, they're yeah. They're if kids lucky. are exposed to stuff, then they will be a broader interest rather than. I mean, if my, if either of mine wanted a Fiat Five Hundred, I'd be absolutely devastated. <laughs> <laughs> With Glastonbury, I'm fascinated by kids going to Glastonbury because I've got friends that will take their kids to Glastonbury, mm. and I think I just feel so frustrated to be that close to the party but not able to be in the party. If you know what I mean. Okay, so you've got to be really smart. Yeah, you've got to. It's very, very difficult to do it with little kids, and I never did it. So what we used to do is we used to take them to whenever I did latitude, we take them there, best of all, camp best of all, very sort of child friendly. Yeah, with Glasto, we always made a pack. Me and my missus like, no, it's just us two. They can go and stay at my sister's. Done. You know. Yeah. Then as they got older, they'd just be like, they'd watch it on TV. You know, and they go, "What? This looks like a, a better version of Festival and, and Latitude." And we're like, "Yeah, it is. It's the daddy." You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we just bit the bullet and said, "Let's do it." But there's strategic ways of doing it. So if you know other comics or artists or even just friends who are going with kids, you can work it out. So say you do three, four nights, right? And there's two or three other families. Yeah. Then you go right the mum's night. Thursday night, dad's night, Saturday night. Oh, do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That's a great And if, it, if it's just you and your missus, then like what we usually do is we say, you have a night and I'll have a night, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just go out and be weird, get weird, do do whatever. And I'll just, I'll, I'll hold, hold the fort. And you what, know? What's the morning like? 7am <laughs> waking up in a tent. With little ones, it's, it's horrendous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it is horrendous. Oh, it's God. Horrendous. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you want to be the one that's got the se- who's got the second night for the one that's going out. You don't want to be burning your first <laughs> night and then you've, you're staring down the barrel of your staying in there. Yeah, um, yeah. And we've got one final question, um, Ben. This is your chance to basically um, have a little moan about your partner. Is there one thing that frustrates you about the way they parent that you couldn't actually say to their face without it kicking off, but is a fair thing <laughs> that you can oh now drop here, and if she hears it, then maybe she she'll take it on board. Um, wow. I would say it's the coffee, the sort of coffee morning chats that she has with other mums and then comes home with like this horror story. You've got, you've got to delete this app or you've got to just, then she'd never be able to do this. And I'm like, I just not, that just feels like it's something that someone said that they read in the guardian or something. And now everyone's <laughs> freaking out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My, my, my position has always been and always will be, let's just let's talk it out first yes because you can get freaked out and i have this argument with my sister all the time because she gets super freaked out about certain things she's like, oh no this damages kids this damages. And said, maybe it does but what's going on in that house you know otherwise it's just anecdotal to me you know yeah. maybe it did damage that kid but what's going on in that kid's house yeah you exactly. know like because in my house we, we we chat about this stuff and you know i like to give my kids enough rope 
to hang themselves with, so to speak, you know, like get, <laughs> yeah. let them let them make their own mistakes, but also give them the tools to understand like this might be problematic. But I'm not just going to blanket ban shit. Do you know what I mean? My, my, my mum had a panic when Grand Theft Auto came out and then like, one kid at school like was playing it for ages and like got on well or had a seizure or something like that. He's like, no, you can't play that game in case you have a seizure. I was like, yeah, but it's really playing it for like 20 hours. I mean, there like, you go. It's, it's all different. Listen, like I, I, I think the main thing is just recognize your kid is not you, yeah. and your kid is not gonna like be in your image. They're gonna have elements of you, but they're just gonna work it out themselves, no matter what you do. And if you really try and force the issue, they're gonna go the other way. Yeah. So definitely. the best thing to do is just talk it out, and when they do make a horrific mistake. You can just absolutely love the I told you so. <laughs> That's what I live for. That's what oh, I live for. Thanks, Ben. That's been amazing. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks, Ben. Cheers, lads. Ben Bailey-Smith, stroke Doc Brown, depending on... Uh, I kept calling him Doc and thinking I should call him Ben. Because yeah, was... but then I was calling him Ben and I thought, oh, should I call him Doc a couple of times oh, as well? Oh, mate. It's yeah. a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, but there we go. Uh, wonderful man. Really nice to speak to him. Yeah, fast. I'm absolutely dreading the teenage years. Yeah, oh, mate, that that all I'm, I'm just not going to sleep tonight. I was just horrified about like, imagine if your daughter, but also who are these lunatics whose daughters on TikTok and their phone numbers on it. I'd, oh, I'd go mate. mental. Yeah, I'd buy every phone in Southeast London and Friday the River just so she couldn't get another one. I'd go to every shop. You can't stop them going on social media because do you remember the kid at school that didn't have a TV and what a yes, kind of social pariah they were? You can't be those parents that have got the kid that's got no... Yeah, no, I think they can have a phone. If they have social media, it's a private account. They can have a phone, but it's got to be a Nokia 3310. Yeah, Deal. Snake. Just getting really good at Snake. <laughs> Impressive mates with Snake. You could save 10 text messages. I can't wait to watch that CBB's bedtime story thing now. He knowing oh. he was half cut. Do you know what, mate? Romesh did it, of course. I don't know how he fitted it in, but he did manage it. <laughs> um, I've got the same agent as uh, Romesh. And I said to her, when I saw him, I texted her, I was like, get me on that bloody CBB's thing. Presuming the call would come the next week that I'd been drafted in. Not a fucking sniff. Not heard a word about it. <laughs> I, I want to go. I want to go down the list and see who's done it. That it's really got good. Picked above Josh Widdicombe, mate. The list is. I'd say it's probably got the strongest booking list outside of the Graham Norton show. <laughs> or Desert Island Discs. <laughs> yeah, or Desert, Island, Desert Island, Discs. Island Discs is an absolute lottery. It'll be like Adam Deck, and then it'll be like, oh, uh, uh, Philippa Singleton, who once rode an amazing play in 1943. Like, fuck off, Philippa. Who are you? Rob, you are aware it's on Radio 4, mate. That's getting eight times the listeners as the Anton Deck one. <laughs> it's only because they're too fucking old to change the channel and they're old radios. I was waiting, I was listening to a Desert Island Discs. Lie, lie, lie. What do I mean by lie? Lie on the radio. And <laughs> so that, so it went into like, next week, this is how out of touch the, the continuity announced was. He went, next week, we're joined by the comedian, Michael McIntyre. <laughs> Oh my lord! Uh, anyway, thank you to Ben. Uh, all do search out his hungover um, children's story on CBBS, and do search out his um, his kids' books. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back on Friday yes. with various tales from your emails. Uh, that did I didn't mean that to rhyme, but it sounded I, it was, great. I think it was it's great, a, wasn't it? Chatting to a rapper, it's really rubbing off on you. <laughs> um, anyway, see, see you next see time. Friday. See you on Friday. Bye. Bye.